Welcome to Daily Dose Danny. This is episode 14. Are you looking to launch a fashion brand? Looking to find a factory to work with in China and no idea where to start? Well, then this episode is for you. From research, challenges, collaborations, here is Becky's success story on how she started BYO Active, where she offers the importance of leading an active and balanced lifestyle with multifunction activewear to support you in the activities of your choice. So stay tuned and hear her startup story. So hi there, Becky. Thanks for joining me on the show. Please tell us more about yourself and your startup is. Hey, Danny. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, really excited for my first podcast ever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, a bit about myself. So I'm the founder and designer of a new activewear company called BYO Active, uh, which stands for Be Your Own Active. Um, but um, besides from that, I'm also the regional head of brand partnerships for Warner Music Asia. So I'm kind of like, I guess I'm a bit like a human Tinder. So I match make brands with our artists to collaborate and create creative and strategic partnerships together as well. That's awesome. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, so you were kind enough to actually send me um, some BYO Active yes, wear, which I really appreciated. Yeah. So my feedback was, I thought I'd give it to you because I'm super petite and I normally struggle with like finding sports bras and clothes, but your small actually fit really okay. well. Um so anyone that is listening um, and you know me, like the X small would be quite small. Um, so I recommend like if you're my size to do the small, but then for the workout pants, the, the X small actually looked fabulous. Um, and my butt looked amazing <laughs> in it. So <laughs> your butt looks so great I don't know anyway. what you put in the material, but it looked great. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Like, so thank you, Becky. Yeah, you looked amazing. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know what I thought. Um, but then I wanted to hear more about what were some of your personal struggles you faced when starting your business um, and how did you overcome yeah, them? Yeah, absolutely. So goodness, I mean, there's there's probably so many struggles when you're first starting a business. And I think probably number one for me was starting in the height of a pandemic. Um, so all of the different things like shipping and uh, being able to go to the factory, everything was kind of scuppered, but, but you really got around that. But I think um, what I was also most, I think, interested in when I listened to all of your podcasts and, and what really made me feel quite, I guess, um, comforted was that a lot of people actually said the same thing in terms of one of the biggest struggles was really about self-doubt. Um, and I think that's really kind of the biggest thing that, that holds you back from starting a business in the first place, because it's a new industry, it's something that you don't know, you don't know what to expect. And that imposter syndrome is quite real. So really trying to get over that and just and just move forward was was probably the biggest struggle. Um, and and how I overcame it was, I think that um, being quite self-aware um, was quite important. So knowing what motivates you and and what what gets you going. Um, so I don't know if you've done Myers-Briggs before. Yeah. I have, yes. I actually love yeah, it. Too. Yeah, it's very, very insightful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I love it. And I think, like, for me, I'm... Um, I'm almost off the scale extrovert. So um, it's really about 
the energy that I get and the recharge that I get from people. Um, and so for me, what I did was I just kept on telling people way back when, when I was first thinking about the idea, I was like, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to do an active wear. Um, and I felt like doing that meant that I gave myself a bit of accountability. And so when people started asking me, you know, when are you starting? What are you doing? That just kept me going and just helped me overcome those different steps and the self-doubt that I had. Oh, I can agree more. I, I was talking to a friend the other day about keeping each other accountable and how important it is. Yeah, and I think that's why it's so good that we have like a good network of female entrepreneurs, like keeping each other accountable and encouraging each other um, and just giving each other advice. Like I think it was a few um, months ago or weeks ago, we had a, a female sort of startup event here in Hong Kong. And it was just so lovely to hear the girls chat and share ideas and tips for each other. And I was like, we Definitely. need that. We need that energy. We need that like often, you know, to connect and, and get re-inspired and yeah, motivated. Absolutely. The community is so important. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so how did you go about finding the right fit in factory that could create what you were looking to start? Yeah, so, um, well, I think firstly, a big shout out to, to my fiance, who has been there every step of the way and just helped push me forward. And he was really helpful in just sending me the right events and the right kind of sources at the right time. So he was the one who found um, an expo that was going on in Hong Kong at the time. Um, and um, so one massive, I would say, tip in terms of if you're looking for manufacturers and a source to help you, um, Global Sources was what uh, the expo was hosted by. Um, and they're globalsources.com as well. So you can go and go, go on and have a look. But they essentially are a company that has already vetted the suppliers that are, that are sitting on them already. So this expo was um, filled with manufacturers from all different types of um, industries and they lay it out for you. So I was looking into, at the time I was looking into fitness, I was looking into swimwear um, and, and apparel um, and you can just walk down there and you can just look at all the different suppliers. Um, but I think what's important is knowing what you uh, have in mind. So for me, the first day was really going and having a look at what's possible, what kind of quality we're looking at. I didn't really know how um, easy it was to design your own things as well. Um, so it was really trying to find all of those things and answer the questions that you had. Um, a big thing for me was starting out and obviously being a very small business, low MOQs and being able to do small quantities was, was a big um, area for me. Um, the second thing was um, language. So I speak Cantonese and um, I also speak Mandarin, but my Mandarin is definitely not as good as my Cantonese. So having something that was close by manufacturers that uh, I'd be able to communicate with well played a big factor. So uh, Guangzhou was where I focused on too. Um, other than that, I also used online sources like Alibaba was really good for smaller things like packaging, ribbons. Um, and I also went to the Canton Fair, um, which happens normally twice a year. So that one's another one, which is huge scale, um, a little bit more overwhelming, but it was also very helpful to see what was out there. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's very good advice. I I know my mother personally travels or used to travel a lot to China yes. to to look yes. at different factories, and I know that if you can go to the fairs, it's a lot easier because they've already been vetted. Definitely, but it's such a process if you're directly talking to factories. Um, and need to make sure of the quant,、uh, the quality and stuff like that. So it's definitely an interesting process if you're going to go talk directly to the factories versus going through the trade shows. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you know we're very lucky, based in Hong Kong, that we have access to all of those things. I know friends from New Zealand who have done it from afar, and it's incredible what they've achieved as well, being able to find factories that they've been able to source and work with. But For me, it was great to be able to go and touch and feel and see who the people are behind behind the factory as well. Yeah, I, I think that's important for me as well. Even just personally, like you know, like the world has shifted in such a digital manner, but it's still very important for a lot of us to actually meet face to face and and really connect and suss things out.、Um, so I do feel like it's tough for a few、um, different aspects of building a business to be able to do it all online. Um, I think I would definitely struggle if I lived in New Zealand or somewhere, and I had to connect with factories here and not ever really get to meet yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's tough. But I'm yeah, yeah I'm and, really pleased and, with the factory that I found. Oh, that's amazing! And so, tell me, how did you go about?、Um, so, you created this brand. What inspired you to create this brand? How did you go about designing it? Did you have some help? Did you do it all yourself? Um, so, I mean, I I pretty much did do it all myself. Um. Which I loved, really. You know, I t- I took everything from step by step, but I think you know from the start, what inspired me was just finding something that was a real passion of mine that could integrate into my life seamlessly. So you know, I lead a very active lifestyle.、Um, my family all play tennis.、Um, all of my best friends come from sports and building a community there. Moving over to different countries as well.、Um, I think. Sports and the community around that has played a big role in my life,、um, so I really wanted to create something around that. So that's probably what inspired me in the first place.、Um, you asked about my designs as well. So my designs—that、um, was probably one of my favorite parts. I've always been really interested in fashion and styling. <laughs> probably started with. Playing with Barbies when I was younger, and then I graduated into creating、um, clothes for myself. So just sitting there and sewing and finding fabrics.、Um, and so the design process was was probably the most fun part. And I just wanted to find something that was really, I, I think, four probably key words that came through my head was、um, number one being functional. Um, number two, flattering,、um, form-fitting, and and then the final one was probably fashionable.、Um, so making sure that it is stylish as well, and something that is going to be evergreen, something that you can wear all the time. Yeah, I definitely think you achieved that because、oh, um, personally, when when I was wearing it, like I loved the whole thick strap at the bottom、yeah. of the sports bra. Because I feel like a lot of sports bras they have the straps, but it's not as tight and supportive. Definitely. But the strap also sort of, you know,、um, acted as like a sort of a style as well, because it was like a thick pink strap with like the contrasting black, and then I really like the back design because I don't think I've ever really seen sports bras with a like nice open back like that. Yeah, and that's awesome.、Um, so yeah, the back design was kind of my biggest thing. All of my sports bras, I put a lot of effort into the back design. 
Yeah, that's great because I feel like you you're always out like we're always out hiking and um your back's always exposed. Yeah. So it's nice to have like a cute looking <laughs> sports bra. And for sure definitely the pants as well. Like I love that you have the little side pockets and the colors on the side that sort of match the bra. So I know what you mean like I could definitely wear it um if I'm running about town or yeah, working absolutely. out. And that's what we wanted. <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like living here in Hong Kong, like we just all end up running around in sports clothes anyway. So you want to look cute because like it's either super hot or with all the heels and things, there's no point in wearing boots and stuff because you're always jogging up a hill or something just to get about. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and also the work from home situation. So just always being in active wear and something comfortable at home. Exactly. My boyfriend was teasing me the other day. He's like, you don't get dressed up anymore. I was like, for what should I? I'm just sitting at home. (laughs) So yeah, I hear you. Um, Any excuse to get dressed up these days. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So when it came to starting your biz, what was your starting point and how did you go about raising funds? Um, So I guess taking the funds uh, question first, um, and it's probably a bit more of a straightforward one is that I I didn't go about raising funds. I just decided to invest in myself. Um, and so everything's funded by me. Um, but this probably goes back to, I did have some conversations at the beginning, but it, it really went back to going back to why I started in the first place. And it was this idea of freedom and just being able to have all of the decisions for myself and be able to build something that's completely my own. Um, and, and, you know, someone told me this as well was around the cost of what it costs to do an MBA. So rather than investing in more studies or more qualifications, I just decided to invest into a business of my own. Um, and I guess where it started was also gravitating towards what my strengths were. So I come from a background of, um, brand and advertising, um, and now in the music industry, my whole role is based around collaboration um, and, and creating something authentic together. Um, so for my starting point was really based around the branding and knowing what I wanted my brand to stand for. Um, so everything down to, you know, the customer service, the logos, the, the designs, everything is based around my mantra, I guess. Um, and so that's, uh, and I've even printed it onto the tag for others to see but also to remind myself so it's um embrace the beauty and imperfection and choose progress over perfection um and i feel like it's it's really helped me shape what what the brand um journey is and it might change but everything anchors back to that as well that's beautiful i think that's so important to remind ourselves like just to sometimes go ahead and start even though it's not perfect yeah absolutely Um, yeah, and and speaking of um, partnerships and funding, I was talking to another podcast guest, I think a few days ago, and she also gave some good advice saying that do be careful when you are looking for funds and stuff like that because then there will be another opinion in your business yeah. and you might not always then be able to sort of truly – um, create your vision because you'll always have that other opinion that you need to take into account. 
Definitely. So, yeah, so I think it's it's important when you do look at investors to choose people that will give you the free range or that fully is on board with the vision that you have that you won't run into issues later on. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, not everyone is able to do that depending on the idea um, and depending on, you know, the barrier to entry. For me, I guess I just started small and look at building that up in future. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's also great because you obviously have your your daytime job yes. and you're doing this. So you're able to sort of fund and support yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um, so so on the topic, um, how do you balance your full time job with your business? And do you find it stressful to juggle between the two? Um, yeah. So um, I guess, you know, one thing that is probably a bit of a difference is a lot of people that I hear when they start a business and they're motivated to do it is because they hate their day job and that's not the case for me I love my day job um, and I find it so interesting and I think for me actually I love that idea of juggling um, I think finding a rhythm and being able to do what you love is has been what's driven me um, but I also love when it crosses over so I found you know there's been times where I might be having a meeting about music and artists but actually there might be an opportunity where they're like, oh, you've also got something in fitness. We also have been doing something in fitness. So I love that crossover. Um, and, and that's actually what's really driven me. Um, is it stressful? Yes. <laughs> um, but I think I think just finding the rhythm and, and being able to also find things that um, fit seamlessly into your life um, has been helpful. So, you know, fitness is something that um, has been a part of my life you know, for most of my life. And um, I am constantly active. I lead an active lifestyle. So it wasn't too tough to try and find opportunities to wear my active wear or be able to shoot it. Um, I think keeping up with social media, to be honest, is a bit tough for me. Um, you know, being able to post all the time and finding new content. Um, but I have also looked at different things like apps that can help me with scheduling and just reminders to be able to say hey I need to post something at this time and um, and just making it a little bit more um, more feasible yeah I think you are lucky in the fact that your job is sort of in line with marketing and yeah, collaboration absolutely. so you're able to to juggle it more easily well, I know some of the girls I've chatted to they're lawyers in the day and then fashion sort of startups at night and it's like <laughs> wow that's so like completely different industries yeah. so it's interesting to to hear how they grow and try to learn and teach themselves and like so it's, it's a great journey at the end of the day it is and it's exciting I think you know both seeing both of them grow so the music industry is a new industry for me as well so I think just having new challenges and constant learning um, actually drives me a lot. Yeah, no, I can imagine. It's it's a great industry, I think. And um, speaking of collaborations, mm -hmm. I often get questions on how to collaborate and grow brands organically. So what are some collaboration wins and stories and tips that you have utilized for your brand or in your day job? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think, I feel like, you know, every collaboration that I've done um, is a win, you know, no matter how, how big or small. But I think um, maybe two key ones um, was, I think the first one was one that really helped 
start my business or, you know, get it off the ground at least or give me the final push. Um, and that one was um, a collaboration that I did with a company called Pavagen. Um, and they are a um, footstep powered tile. Uh, and they had just launched a, um, a running track. It's actually right near my office in, um, in Kowloon Bay area um, where the running track is actually made of those tiles and they're powered by your footsteps to be able to generate energy. Um, and it sounds pretty random in terms of the collaboration, but my friend had just started at that company in the UK and he said, hey, you know, we've got this uh, track in Hong Kong. We need to do some shoots there. Um, we need to create content, but we don't really have an office or we don't have any connections out there. Would you be willing to help us run the production? And obviously we need to feature people in there and they could be the ones wearing your active wear um, and we'll fund everything. Um, so that was really what got it off the ground in terms of doing that shoot and being able to create the content to, to get things going. Um, so I've, I think that was probably one big win for me and that was a great win-win mutual um, collaboration. Um, my second one that um, I really loved was where um, my daytime job crossed over into, um, into BYO Active, where um, I was working with um, one of our artists, Jason Derulo, um, for the Basketball World Cup. And I just got to know one of his dancers really well. Like, you know, we got on so well. She's, she's not just beautiful, but she's just really inspiring. You know, everything she stands for, she's all about supporting other women and, um, and female empowerment. And I really loved that. And we really connected um, after the show as well. And so we kept in touch and she was really keen to help. And she was just like, hey, you know, if you send me some stuff, I'd be really happy to wear it. And, and she created some videos for me and looked absolutely insane in my stuff as well. That's amazing. I feel like that's where collaboration is so awesome is you end up just connecting with people and building a good friendship and relationship. And Definitely. that's what it's all about. Yeah. And I mean, everything that I've done has pretty much been organically. There's been a little bit of paid media, but I think that for me, that was really important because I want it to be an authentic partnership that starts from from the base. So just knowing that I have people who are in the industry. So a lot of people who are wearing active wear every day, PTs, yoga instructors, dancers, um, who who can tell me the honest feedback that they have and what they what they like, what they don't like about my stuff. Yeah, I think um, that's very important um, point as well is listening to your customers and adapting and adjusting to their needs so that they feel included in your brand journey. Definitely. For sure. So another thing that always pops up as well is how do you end up tracking your wins and driving back to sales through your collaborations? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still learning, so I'll probably take it from you, really. But um, I think um, probably a few different things that I've done have been, and, and, you know, it's still a journey. So there's been a few things like exploring discount codes. Um, if you are working with someone and being able to have um, a clear idea of what's actually driving directly to sales. Um, the other one is... You know, I built my platform on Shopify um, and that has inbuilt tools to be able to help me track and see where traffic is coming from, um, how often it's coming through. Um, and then also through Facebook and Instagram insight tools. Um, I think those are different tools that I've been using to be able to see what's working and what's not. And then having to evolve and think about 
what other ways to drive traffic or drive sales directly um, as a result of some of the things that I've done. But it's it's all a it's all a learning curve, and I want to explore more probably revenue share model styles um, with influencers or with partners to see um, to see how I can grow that area. Yeah, I think um, collaboration and driving revenue and sales through various campaigns and partnerships is is an important factor um, going forward because it feels more authentic and organic rather than brands yeah. pushing brands, you know. Um, so, so yeah, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> cool. So what are you planning for 2021 and the future? And what other products can we expect to see from you? And what products are you planning on expanding into? Well, I'm really excited about um, my new collection. Um, So that's actually coming really soon. So that's probably what I'm planning for the nearest future. Um, I've actually released a few sneak peeks on Instagram already, um, but I have um, six new pieces coming really soon. um, And it's, I think I'm most excited about it because it's probably my most personal collection yet. Um, So other than fitness, um, another passion of mine is travel, which has obviously not really happened this year. Um, but I have, you know, tried to integrate it a little bit into my brand imagery or my communications at least. And this new collection is all um, inspired by different countries um, that have um, inspired me and, you know, had an impact on my life. And the color pantones, the designs are through the lens of my eyes um, and and bringing that to life in um, in activewear. Um, and then the other thing that is also part of that is um, I am doing a collaboration with a good friend of mine who is also a YouTuber. Um, so one set is also going to be inspired by her vision um, and what inspires her. Um, in terms of other products, um, I do have resistance bands already. So I have fabric resistance bands um, which I love. Um, I think they're just such a you know lightweight equipment that you can take at home or to the gym. Um, and I'd love to explore more of that area in terms of um, equipment. Um, maybe TRX, but I haven't really got as far as that yet. Oh, that's all so exciting. I think yeah. I saw one of the white crop tops yes. that you're launching I'm soon. So I love it. It's so cute. Oh. <laughs> love a good crop top. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm very excited to see how, how the new products come about. When when can we expect to buy them online? Um, so it should be hopefully done um, by Chinese New Year. So around oh, February, February time. Okay, great. I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> yes. Um. And then we also posted a Q&A um, on our social media and we I wanted to see what questions other people might have for you. So Emily Keller asked a question, so I'll read it out to you. Yeah. Um, she asked, would you, uh, she would love to know about sustainability and the struggles faced when looking for sustainable and ethic production. Also the brands um, take on and this is if they are incorporating it into their mission, was her question. Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, I mean, sustainability is such a, um important topic these days. And I think firstly, probably being honest is that 
did I incorporate it into the mission? No, um, I didn't. But I think that it is an important um, topic to to take responsibility on when you are starting a brand. Um, I mean, I didn't bake it into my mission because I felt like I had so many other ideas in my mind and um, there was only so much that I could do in terms of building a foundation and knowing what I wanted to communicate. Um, so I didn't do it as a part of the mission, um, but I did, you know, start taking small steps in terms of looking at our packaging. So our packaging, for example, is all about reducing waste. I didn't want people to throw it away. Um, so it's actually a wine cooler, a portable wine cooler, um, which I felt like also it sounds quite silly in terms of pairing it with a fitness brand. But I just felt like it, it really brought to life the idea of this balanced lifestyle that I wanted people to get from my brand um, and also being able to reuse something and not not throwing it away um, the other side of how I guess I'm trying to be more sustainable is um, to avoid fast fashion so all of my stuff is really about um, high quality high performance long-lasting products that are um, perhaps a little bit more classic in terms of the colors that I've selected so that you can wear it for years to come um, and and be able to also incorporate it into your um, your wardrobe quite seamlessly um, in terms of you know the the different 100% recycled um, plastic bottle materials or any other materials like bamboo um, we did have a look into it but yeah as you said you know considering the costs and everything involved um it was something that we felt like we couldn't do right at the beginning um just because of the different uh, minimum order quantities that you had to fulfill um and also for me it was the touch of the fabrics i felt like there was still not something out there that i i really felt was the quality that i wanted or the touch that i wanted um so i decided not to go down that route um right at the get-go um but it's definitely something i want to explore um as first of all i think as technology um gets better and the, the materials get better but also as as my brand grows yeah i i agree i think sustainable options are great but only if you're doing larger order quantities um if you're doing smaller scale it's really hard to make it cost effective but i think as we we go forward that um people will offer better solutions and more affordable solutions for brands to be sustainable for sure and i love i love when brands have you know baked it into their mission i think that it's it's fantastic when they have done that um i decided not to do that I think also because I felt like I didn't want to compete in that space when I couldn't offer something that was better than something out there yeah exactly awesome well thank you so much for sharing your story I really appreciate thank it you. do you have any questions for me yes um <laughs> so I guess I would love to know a little bit in terms of what your advice would be um for small businesses out there who are just starting out um, on how to grow their audiences. And that's, I guess, particularly um, with low marketing budgets in mind as well. Cool. So, yeah, that's actually an interesting question because a lot of people are like, hey, I'm going to do stuff, but I have zero budget. Yes. Um, <laughs> <so it's> like <laughs> the, the typical case scenario. But I think um, 
the best solution would be if I had to look at your brand is that you could offer product um, if you have no budget. I think selecting different partners and doing product seeding is obviously one option, but then having a very clear brief when you do product seed and let them know what your requirements are, um, that they need to do um, X amount of posts, that they need to do a giveaway. And then every collaboration and every time you tag new people and other people tag you, it will automatically help you reach into a new follower base. So the more collaborations you can do, the better for you. But just being able to manage it and make sure that they're tagging you. And then another point of the tracking would be, is say, for instance, you know that tomorrow this person's tagging you, they have X amount of followers, then check your personal channel growth during that day or that collaboration period. So always keep tracking sort of um, each collaboration and how well it went or how well or if it went badly. And, and in that way, then help it helps you better plan who you work with going forward. Um, and then another way, if you don't have any budget to grow your followers, is UGC. So user-generated content can be some of the best tools because, one, if you don't have budget, you can't create a lot of good content. So another good way to help you then share good content on your channel if you don't have the time to take photos is obviously resharing your collaboration photos with influencers, but also getting people to tag you, um, general people that buy your product. And you could, for instance, be like, okay, if you tag us, we'll choose our favorite photo once a month and give you a 20 or 50% off or give you a free product to say thanks. Um, but encouraging good quality content. So that's why I say you can encourage UGC, but then not all the photos are going to be amazing because not everyone's a great photographer, but at least you're getting those additional tags and exposure. But then choosing your favorite photo um, and then resharing that on your channel is also a great way to get free content and um, get extra mentions on social. That's really helpful. Thank you. Um, and I guess the other thing that you probably must get a lot from your clients is, when it comes to growing audiences, you know, I guess number one is that things take time. Um, but you mm -hmm. must also get a lot of uh, clients who will say, you know, what if we are impatient and we want to do it more quickly? Is there any kind of quick wins or things that can help you accelerate that, um, that journey? Um, so I remember for a client a while ago, they, we had six months to get them to 10K on Instagram. And it would roughly cost you about 2000 USD a month of paid ads to get to 10K in six months. So <laughs> that's the reality of it if you're going to go about it in a non-organic yeah. way. Um, but for me, the best way to grow, as I mentioned, is geotagging and tagging people and partnerships. So partnerships have helped me a lot. So every time I have a new partnership, I get maybe plus minus five to 10 new followers because I've got an exposure on a new channel. So again, the more partnerships you have, the more exposure you get, then potentially that helps you grow a lot faster. So for me, it would be partnerships. Um, that's the fastest organic way to grow is do product seeding as often as you can, do giveaways as often as you can, do tagging challenges as often as you can, and, and definitely reaching out to bloggers and people that are outside of your circle to write about you because external traffic helps drive back to you. And I think a lot of people forget that. They're like, oh, but I've commented and... 
my, no one's engaging. It's because they keep tapping into the same pool. You cannot keep tapping into your own audience and followers. Yeah. That's why it's important to be like, I'm going to run a giveaway on someone else's channel right. because I've already reached the max on my own channel. So it's about understanding that you need to be active on other channels and other um, sort of areas, be it blogs or YouTube videos outside of your circles. So you, because a lot of brands are like, oh, I need a YouTube channel. I need all of this. No, you don't. You choose two channels where your audiences are most active, where you're able to feasibly create cool content. And the rest are through collaborations. You can be on YouTube because of a collaboration, sure. But then it doesn't mean starting your own channel. It just means utilizing your networks. That's really helpful. Thank you. And I guess, you know, on that topic in terms of collaborations and partnerships, can you share some of the, I guess, best in class that you've seen in the fitness and wellness space in recent years? Sure. So my favorite brand that I always benchmark because I love what they do is um, obviously Nike and Lululemon. Yes. Um, I love what they do because it's inclusive. It makes every woman feel or every person sort of feel like I can, you know, be cool. I can be athletic, like, you know, and I think it's even made it easier to walk around in sportswear and not necessarily be active. Like, I don't feel guilty when I walk around in sportswear to go eat a chocolate cake. (laughs) So it's made it more like, okay, it's part of my lifestyle. It doesn't mean when I put on sports clothes, I need to go do something healthy. (laughs) But I mean, obviously, that's the core point at the end of the day. Um, But I love how Again, Nike and um, has a really good UGC um, database. Like you can go look at who's tagged them, and it's all these people that are taking really cool photos with Nike because they feel cool wearing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then with Lulu, yeah, Lululemon has really great collaborations. I think with um, people in the in the sort of active space, be it with different yoga instructors or things like that. So they've really created a lifestyle. Mm. Um, so I really like what they do in regards to that. Um, but yeah, that's why their brands are successful. They've created a lifestyle. They're working with people that are aligned with the vision of the brand. Um, so that's, that's really important. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I guess like they have done so well as well. It goes back to that community that they've built and like-minded people and, and bringing them together with something that they love. Thanks so much, Becky, for joining us on the show and sharing your startup journey from how you found a factory, how you created your designs, and found your sustainable packaging. I'm very excited to be hosting a giveaway with you next week, so please stay tuned if you'd like to win one of Becky's activewear sports bras. We'll be sharing more details soon, so be sure to follow my Instagram and her Instagram if you don't want to miss out on the giveaway. Thanks for listening.